The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am your host, Dr. Drayvon James, and I am super excited to be here with you today on the Unity Online Radio Network, where we explore the concept of developing a life of peace every day. We do this every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or whatever time it is right now in your corner of the world. And yes, you heard me right. A life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Can you even imagine? Never mind having a life like that. Can you even imagine having today like that? whole, complete, nothing missing, nothing broken, that state of mind, that energy surrounding you. Well, I am here to tell you that yes, it's possible. Yes, you deserve it. And yes, you can have it. Listen, we're all busy. I'm a busy mom. I run a busy household. I work full time. I run a radio station. I'm keynote speaking, doing workshops. My life is full. It's busy. And you know what else? When you have a busy life, even when you don't have that busy of a life, there's always room for what? When we interact with other people, there's always the possibility for conflict, differing opinions. And can we still have peace even in the midst of that? Yes, we can. Now, in addition to those things, right? We know we've all heard this saying that money makes the world go round. Right? We've heard that. We've heard that. And sometimes we hear that and we, we think to ourselves, well, my world should be at a screeching halt. Right. And that's unfortunate. But, you know, we go, we cycle through these things. But I'm super excited to say that, yes, money is a part of this journey. We use it to exchange things. Hopefully we've moved beyond defining ourselves by money. It's just a currency that we use to exchange one thing for another thing. But you know that exchange, you know, water bill, gas and electric, you know the drill. We all need money to exist. And so part of having a life of peace is being able to have what I call our needs met in the big three. I call these the big three, our health, our wealth, and relationship. And so wealth is in there. Wealth is in there. We're so fortunate today to have an expert with us today on the subject of wealth. How lucky is that? Mr. Stu Zimmerman is joining us today. And before I bring him on, I want to just tell you a little bit about him. Fascinating. And we're really, really fortunate to have him with us today. Stu Zimmerman as is the only the source creator. Only the source creator. I love that title. He's a writer, a talent and investor. Stu wears many hats on his shaven head. That's <laughs> a reform hedge fund manager. I got to tell you, for many years, the word hedge fund scared me because I was a little sloppy in the financial department. But he is a former hedge 
fund manager. He has focused on wealth beyond money for the last 18 years. Wealth beyond money. That's the title of our show today. His conscious media endeavors include co-authoring Inner Security and Infinite Wealth, hosting the nationally syndicated Inside Wealth radio program, and co-hosting the award-winning Get Conscious Now television program. Through radio and TV, Stu has interviewed such diverse luminaries, get this, as Dr. Deepak Chopra, um, Hall of Fame baseball manager Tony LaRusso, and Tommy Lasorda, cellular biologist Dr. Bruce Lipton. The list goes on and on and on, and I am going to be so bold and add my name to that list, Dr. Drayvon James. I happen to be fortunate enough to be interviewed by Stu, so I can tell you firsthand, he's amazing. He's amazing. He now hosts Reset with Stu Zimmerman, a video podcast series that explores the practical potential for a new golden era of humanity. Stu was recently honored as one of 40 distinguished classmates of Cornell University of 1979. His unique blend of loving presence and interest in science combined with his natural wit and lighthearted nature makes one one think of the Dalai Lama, Albert Einstein, uh, and George, uh, George Carlin all rolled into one. Or so he likes to think. He, he, he's a great personality. He's a great personality. He puts you at ease. He's probably a genius, but he doesn't show off. So, Stu, welcome to the Everyday Peace Show with Dr. Drayvon James. We're super excited to have you here. Drayvon, I'm excited to be here, and thank you so much for that lovely introduction that I mostly wrote. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all true. It's all true. <laughs> but yeah, it is. That it is. That it is. I'm a legend of my own mind. What can I say? <laughs> well, you know, I, I I have to say that having been in your presence via the internet and spending time with you, it, it is all true. Uh, your wisdom and your warmth combined make you an awesome guy to talk with. So I'm excited for your wisdom. Before we get um, into our topic too much, Talk to us a little bit about your background, hedge fund manager, and then you make this transition and tell us what the, you know, walk us through that up until today, if you will. Give us a quick snapshot. Sure. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so, you know, I grew up on Long Island and I was in the straight and narrow and wanted to make money and that's what I was kind of brought up, what I thought I needed to do. So focused on it, got an MBA in finance went into the money management profession in the San Francisco area, spent 18 years doing that with the culmination being running a money management firm, uh, actually a hedge fund with my name on the door. And at the peak of my financial success, my wife was diagnosed with cancer that wound up being terminal. And not only did it bring me to my knees with with a sense of powerlessness and grief, as you might imagine, it also had me question what I thought my life script was because I kind of bought into you make the money and live happily ever after and making more money than I ever hoped to while simultaneously it not buying me and my family what it really what we really wanted. It was such a stark contrast that I started on this journey to ask these eternal questions such as who am I 
why am I here? And what is this thing about money, wealth, and security that not only me, but the brightest minds in the world that I've ever met have been obsessed with? And so that actually put me on a path where uh, I wanted to focus really on the kind of wealth that money can't buy, especially as I noticed so many of my investors who may have been worth half a billion dollars or more, which back then was real money, (laughs) it probably still is, uh, and noticing that many cases their possessions owned them. So I kind of knew that wealth is not a number. It's something else. And that's what uh, I've been spending a fair amount of time on in the last almost two decades now, uh, paying attention to and exploring. Yeah, wealth is not a number. I like that. That's a, a beautiful concept. And and your journey is definitely one that has a lot of heart in it. A lot, you know, loss like that. Uh, it can it can be and often is wakes us up to some truths that we may have overlooked. And that is that it's not about you know the Benjamins or the money. You know, money doesn't make the world go round. It is human relationships that make the world go round. And uh, someone once wise told me that, uh, someone wise once told me, is that it's all about relationship or it ain't about nothing. So I I appreciate your giving us that story. It is a a reminder of how to prioritize. But even with that, wanting to make a transition to go from a hedge fund with your name on on the door, which speaks to a huge amount of success, to just about facing and going in the opposite direction. How, how did you make that trace? I mean, how, really, how do you do that? How do you just say, okay, I've, you know, I, I have this calling or, or I mean, this, this curiosity about another part of life. I mean, you still got to pay the gas and electric. You still got to put food on the table. How, how do you, how does one do that? Even with their convictions being so strong. Well, it is a journey, (laughs) and it is a matter of priorities. Uh, What was clear to me was even before, and I still don't have all the answers, oh, by the way, (laughs) uh, but I do have substantially more than I did have before I left the money management field. But the one thing I did notice, and we said this even even when I was really interested in uh, waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning, uh, on the West Coast to, to get to my office early to get prepare for each trading day. We used to call the stock market the daily lie. And we realized that no one was really speaking the truth as they knew it. That means the CEOs really weren't saying what they really knew and saw about the business. The analysts who worked for the firms, all of them, whether it was Merrill Lynch or Goldman Sachs or whomever, none of them were really speaking the truth that they knew about the companies they followed. The investment bankers who were bringing companies public, and this was in a bit of the go-go era in the late 90s, early 2000s, none of them were really saying the entire truth of what they knew. And so... Working and, and even the government indicators, 
the economic indicators, whether it's unemployment numbers, inflation numbers, or jobless claims, or what have you, even those numbers were highly subject to revision. And so in that context, it just got to a point for me where I was so much more interested in truth rather than mistruth. That I think loss that really can do that to us. Say, you know what, I, I can't be doing this anymore. I didn't know exactly what was going to be next, but I definitely knew that it couldn't be this. And managing money is hard enough when you're really into it. <laughs> when I noticed I started to lose that excitement and, you know, and especially because these people were entrusting me and I really took that with their capital and, and I really took that trust to heart. And I felt like anything less than a hundred percent commitment on my part, uh, was kind of breaking that bond of trust that I had with my partners. So I actually just liquidated the fund altogether and went out, you know, set sail to uh, part destination unknown, uh, but to explore my inner world and, and, and the, what I perceive to be the true nature of, of wealth and security. Okay. And I, and I was saying, I didn't mean to inter- interrupt you, but you know, loss can do that to us. It makes it can make uh, untruths unbearable. We just at, at a place in our life where we can't tolerate an untruth. It's got to be the truth. So I can relate to that because in in somewhere in your soul, in your inner being, you know, we realize how much we twist and manipulate the truth, not only in financing but to serve a purpose that we think means so much. But when you realize how finite the the earthly experience is, it can make your tolerance of untruths, no matter how slight they are, uh, uh, weaken. So um, I I agree with you there. So 18 years, you never look back. You don't go back. Nope. Wow. So what what do you do? Okay, you liquidate, you're here, and you go searching for, I, I, I know there has to be a healing period so you can get you can get your energy and all that together so that you can move forward. But what's the first thing you do? You go searching for truth. Were you already, let me back up one second. Were you already pursuing, was this already an interest of yours? This, these energies, this other concepts about life. Did you already have an interest in that somewhat? Or was this completely Somewhat, new? somewhat. And I was. I would say mostly pragmatic and very much focused on playing the money game, which, by the way, is like a carrot and a stick. And that was one of the things that I noticed, that even if I, when I told myself, you know what, I get to a certain dollar amount of personal net worth, then I don't need to do anything else anymore. But then I noticed that there were other people in the business who maybe I thought I should have more money than for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, it gets into that not enough game where there's never enough. And then, you know, I could see where trying to fill up something on the inside with something on the outside is a complete mismatch. 
isn't that the truth, right? There'll always be something more to want when we're using an external something as the barometer or the measuring stick. There'll always be something else to want. And you can come on that either way. You know, some people say wants make the world go round too. Is this perpetual want that drives mankind to keep pursuing and improving. And I and I agree to a certain degree, certain uh, degree with that philosophy. But when it comes to our own personal satisfaction with life, this constant state of having insatiable need, insatiable want, is uh, creates a spirit of anxiety. You know, you can't keep up with the Joneses when the Jones, you know, when the Joneses are moving and they're trying to keep with their Joneses, and that kind of keeps that uh, discontent always going in our life. So you, so what do you do? You leave, you leave and where do you go searching? How does, you know, what's the first thing you, you look for? Well, I actually found myself uh, at the time I lived uh, in the San Francisco area and I found myself in, in these amazing redwoods and uh, called Muir Woods. And I live right nearby there and I spent even when I was still managing money as part of my uh, transition period, I, I was spending three days a week in the afternoons because, you know, the market closes at 1 o'clock uh, Pacific time. So I was able to, to get out to the woods, to the forest by 3 or so, and, uh, and spend a few hours there uh, just consulting and communing with these living beings, these redwood trees, that in some cases were a couple thousand years old. And really kind of asking in, in a strange way for, for some wisdom to be imparted. And whether that wisdom came from them or just came from my own inner knowing with just a quieting of the mind and truly a deep desire to, to find answers, uh, I was I able can... to learn a fair amount. Yeah. Now, do you feel like you were you were just something inside of you was pulling you to the to the woods and to those redwoods in in that instance? Like it wasn't a it's not an intellectual thing. It's something that is so much more in tune with your essence than that. It's it's like your core or you know, your source from within saying pulling you that way. Like this is where you're going to find enough quiet to settle your mind because I agree with you there that uh, the answer I believe is always within us all the time it what happens is that we have so much external stimuli so much is competing for that uh, presence in our life whether it is keeping up with the Joneses the internal conversations that we're having about just about anything if you listen to your mind and the chatter that goes on all day long and the answer is right there waiting to be heard but we have to be able to still ourselves. and you're right going to a redwood that's over a thousand years old that's withstood the you know the wind and the changing of seasons and all this and that just being in there on the earth connects you some way and settles your mind and lets you know that all is well this too shall pass no matter how difficult it is. It, it does. It does. In fact, since then, there has, and I've done some research on this because I recently uh, released an online course called Give Yourself a Raise <laughs> to uh, cultivate a deeper sense of wealth 
beyond money and, and a security that nobody can take from you. And it turns out that there's been a fair amount of scientific evidence and research that shows that being in nature actually slightly disables the, uh, the prefrontal cortex portion of our brain that ruminates and that goes into some forms of mental loops. And it helps to stimulate the nervous system in some very calming and relaxing ways. And so it's scientifically shown to be true, as well as in practice, we all know that if we spend time in nature, we just do tend to kind of chill out a bit. Right. I want to tell you a quick personal story about that. My son and I went for a run yesterday. He runs, I jog or trot, however you want to say it, but at this beautiful lake. And so as we're going around the lake and it's only like you know, it's over a mile and a mile and a half, maybe about a mile and a half around one time. So we're running and what I noticed for the first time, and I, I, I'm late to the game of running. Well, maybe I've been running for about 10 years, but I run very, very casually. My son and my daughter were competitors in college, in high school. And, but when you run, no matter how heavy your situation is, prior to getting on whatever, and it's really when you run in nature, for me anyway, once you get into the rhythm and you hear the birds, you can hear like minutia, things that you would normally hear, and you're just there and, you're, and your feet are hitting the, hitting the earth and you're running like that, you can feel, at least I could, my cortisol levels just decreasing. And it's the most beautiful feeling in the world to get in rhythm with nature. It is, it's, I, I know that it's curative. I know that you can cure a lot of things from being in nature. Whether or not that's been scientifically proven, I don't know. But I do know that if anyone is suffering from any type of malcontent, Getting in nature, and, and especially if you can put your feet on earth, I have read that before, and it does work for me too, that connection with earth. So I agree with That's you right. there. That's right. In fact, it's even been scientifically shown that laying down on the earth mm. so that it, the earth's electromagnetic field is in deeper contact with the individual's electromagnetic field that that also helps to transform the nervous system into a greater sense of peace and calm. It's, it's really wild how scientifically what happens inside of our physical bodies, it's highly reliable. And when you talked about jogging and, and generating you know, a, a elevated heart rate and some endorphins, which are natural painkillers that naturally yeah. have us feel good, it's kind of remarkable how all of this is scientifically shown to be true. And if we simply have the, call it the discipline, to, or the practice to, to engage what is reliable, we can be living substantially more stress-free than we otherwise would. Right. More stress-free. Now, I, I know there's at least one listener saying that, Trying to live, and 
normally my process is I talk to people about the show ideas and, you know, and I know there's one listener today who is saying that she is in a forced kind of situation. Her income has been cut in half and it's forced her into this uh, because of her age. She's having difficulty getting back out there at the level that she was before. So she's got a lot more time on her hands. And so she's doing a lot of energy work and, and she's enjoying it. She was interested in it before, but she says she finds it before she didn't have the time and she had the interest. Now she has the time, she has the interest, but she's stressed because her finances don't do what they used to do and cover what they used to. So she's really interested. And a lot of other people are interested. Like, how do you get balance between wealth and money? How do we do that in today's economy? How do you find the time to commune with nature, to do what it is that your soul is crying uh, for, crying out for, and still meet your obligations to live a, a comfortable setting for yourself? Sure, sure. Well, you know, I'm not going to say that one size fits all because I don't think it does. I think each of us has our own, you know, peculiarities, if you will, as well as commonalities uh, that makes us a little distinct. And each of us has traumas in our lives, some of which are more pronounced for some than others. And however, generally speaking, even during an eight hour workday, with, uh, with, with some awareness, you can find, even if it's five minutes, every hour and a half or two hours to shift oh, the energy. They're giving, they're giving me the music. We got about, we're going to go to a commercial break. We're going to talk about what to do with those five minutes every hour and a half when we come back with Stu Zimmerman. Wealth versus money, guys. Wealth, we're talking about it today. We'll be right back after this commercial break. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, celebrating diversity and inclusivity for Pride Month. We are one. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Ogan Holder speaking at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts on living an abundant life. Examine your life whatever you may think is missing or lacking or you wish you had, realize that you are bearing false witness against your true self and speak words of abundance to it. Speak words of truth to it and to yourself and repeat them over and over again until you have brainwashed yourself into believing that you are divine. The moment you begin to think and speak as if truly you are the embodiment of all that is. This is the only thing we got to get in through our thick skulls. Living the abundant life is not about what we have. 
Living the abundant life is realizing that we have it all. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Know Yourself as Divine, Stations of the Cosmic Christ. A new book from Matthew Fox and Bishop Mark Andrus introduce a spiritual practice designed to help you realize the divine within. Combining prayer and an interpretation of the Stations of the Cross, featuring beautiful imagery, you will be led on a process of transformation. This book will help you discover the most caring, courageous, and compassionate parts of yourself. Get your copy today at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. Create a path to success and prosperity with May McCarthy and Abundance Incorporated every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central on UnityOnlineRadio.org. A co-founder of seven successful companies, an angel investor, best-selling author, and international speaker, May will help you each week with spiritual and practical tools you can use to create a life that you love with greater health, happiness, wealth, and freedom. Join the show live with your questions or listen later on demand right here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Okay, we're back on the air with Stu Zimmerman, and we were giving, he was giving some information about what we could do five minutes every hour and a half at work. And we're talking about trying to get into that space that really is the production of wealth, really, that's from within, the the wealth from inside. So Stu, take it away. What are we going to do with those five minutes? Well, there are a number of things that any of us can do. And they're all scientifically proven to help shift our energy and to generate some of those feel-good neurotransmitters, as well as just simply clear the mind. And specifically, I'll focus on three areas, breathing, sound, and movement. Just by turning off the computer or turning around the other direction, hopefully you have a window, if not a cubicle. But either way, one thing you can do is just to go into a deeper breathing. You want to call it meditative exercise. Call it what you will. But simply breathing deeply will help to change how you feel, help to uh, relax yourself. You want to do it with a sigh or get some noise going because sound is another one of those things that also remarkably shift our biochemistry in beautiful ways. And it helps to free us up, whether you're making a tone or a sound, Or when you talked earlier, Drayvon, about when you're out in nature, even if you don't have the time to go out in nature, if you had a a playlist or something that had birds chirping, ocean waves crashing, sounds of nature, remarkably, our minds start to respond to that very favorably as well. And and then the third part I mentioned was, was movement. And that is get up, stretch, 
shake your booty a little bit, even. <laughs> uh, whatever, it, I, I, which is something that I do. In fact, I ca- literally call it abundance. Like abundance is one word, abundance. Three words. Oh, I love one it. Word, and I shake it up a little bit, and I just kind of let it fly, so to speak. And what I notice is it's like a dog or a cat shaking off its fear. And I notice, and again, all of it is scientifically based to stimulate these neurotransmitters that have us feel good, to have us feel more whole and, uh, and less stressed. So that's... I love it. Quick and easy. Yes, I love it. And, and we all can do that, especially the abundance, right? Shaking your tail feathers just a little bit. So let's back up just a little bit here because the, I, I, I know that when we talk about wealth and money, you make a distinction. In fact, many people make a distinction between wealth. What is wealth and what is money? So why do you make a distinction between wealth and money? Well, one reason why is because I've had a bunch of it. And not only have I had a bunch of it, I've managed money for people who have had many bunches of it. And I've noticed that for myself and for others, having more of it, doesn't necessarily make anyone feel more whole or complete. Oh. In fact, as I kind of alluded to earlier, in some cases, I knew people whose properties and, and, you know, seemed to own them. And uh, uh, one real extreme was managing money for a fellow who literally had what I called jet envy because his personal Gulfstream wasn't as large and up-to-date as a guy down the block that he thought was a jerk. Wow. So, wow. Is that kind of, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, lifestyles are the rich and crazy. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, the rich and insecure. And so all of that is to say that, okay, so what is wealth? So wealth is a state of being, of feeling and having more than enough. And it's in the moment. It's, it's literally, it's presence. And it's knowing in this moment that I am and I have more than enough. Wow. Now, you know, that's interesting because I, uh, and just today I did this. I, I tried to get out in nature at my lunchtime and just to take a quick walk. Sometimes I go work out and today I walk because it was a nice, beautiful day. And I say this thing I am enough, I know enough, I have enough, I am enough, I know enough, and I have enough. And boy, when you start saying that and you're in nature and the sun is on in, on the back of your neck, it's like the endorphins start moving, but the stress starts melting away because you realize that in that moment, in that moment right there, nothing can be added to you to make you more whole. And that is a beautiful feeling. It's like in this moment, right now, I have everything with or without, you know, the bigger jet or, or the jet period. Most of us don't have jets, <laughs> but, um, you know, so I think what you're saying is so true. So how, how do people, how do you get that, that wealth state of mind, that energy well, how do you get sure. how do you get well, it, and then how do you maintain are, it? Yeah, well, there are a number 
of, of things that, that people can do. First of all is to identify other areas of wealth beyond simply the financial. So what are your assets? You know, one could be your physical body. Because, and let's start there. Because without your physical body, nothing else really matters because you're not in this world <laughs> if you don't have one. Right. And so to honor the physical body is a great place to start. And anything that we can do for our physical body just to keep it as truly the, the temple of spirit that it ultimately is and the blessing that is our lifetime is a true asset that we can invest in and cultivate. So watch your diet, watch your exercise, do your best to take care of your physical body because that really is the temple and your vehicle for experiencing life. And if your vehicle is really damaged and sometimes we can't do anything about it, do the best you can. Right. Do the best yeah. you can. So that's, I would start with that asset. And, you know, you mentioned something early on about relationship. And so that is another source of, uh, of wealth that we all have is our relationships. And, you know, sometimes some of our relationships feel like liabilities and not assets. <laughs> it's a I'm cycle. <laughs> Right. And, you know, that is an opportunity both to cultivate and help to turn liabilities into assets and to invest in the assets that you have. And that actually comes full circle to the money conversation, because all money flows through relationship, whether it's relationship with your company, your coworkers, your customers or clients. It all flows through relationship. And so that's something that we can all be mindful of, not just the ones where you expect financial flow to flow through, but all of our relationships, whether it's with our kids, our parents, our, our beloveds, whoever they happen to be, our spouses, another area. So wait, Stu, I want to uh, stop you right there and ask a question. You said all, yeah. money, all money flows through relationships. Is that the way you said it? I did. Okay. So explain that a little bit. All money flows through relationship. Well, think about this. Okay. How does anybody make money? It's either through your salary, through as your billing by the hour, your hourly wage. It's all based upon you and your relationship with the person or the the company that is the other side of the exchange. Right. Okay. Generally speaking, the better that relationship, the more you make. Absolutely. Okay. So all money is flowing through this relationship. So that means that if you prioritize the relationship, the money will take care of itself. I can kind of see that when we're talking about wealth versus money, because of a, it, it seems to me, and you can correct me if, if this is not where you're going, but if you give me a fish, I eat for a day. You teach me the fish. You teach me to cultivate relationships. I can eat for a lifetime. 
Exactly, exactly. And we all have relationships. And so why not do our best, bring the best of who we are forward, which is also another one of the great assets because we, another one of our assets is, frankly, our, our love, our time, our presence. All of those mm-hmm. things are really valuable. And to the extent mm-hmm. we bring the best of who we are into our financial relationships, the more likely we're going to have financial flow to support us. That makes perfectly good sense. That makes great sense. Okay, so we got your physical, your physical body. And by the way, for, it, can work, it can also help to work both ways. So not only is it about your the relationships in which you are receiving money, but also the relationships in which you are the person spending the money. Mm-hmm. And so now we're going to get into this notion of wealth called appreciation. <laughs> because okay. appreciation in the financial world is an increase in the value of your investments. That's why everybody invests. Everybody invests for appreciation. And we can even, in our financial transactions, go at the supermarket, at the gas station. And even if we're doing it with uh, the card these days without a person on the other side, we can actually go through the process of appreciation and just say thank you. Thank you that this gas pump exists so that I can get where I want to go today. Thank you that this grocery store is open so I can buy the food that helps me to maintain my vehicle, this human body, without which uh, my quality of life would really suffer. Yeah. And having that level of appreciation. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm agreeing with you. That's absolutely true. That level of appreciation is game changer. It is. It is. And, you know, I know that, you know, gratitude, appreciation, gratitude journals, writing what you're thankful for, meditating upon them when you wake up in the morning, before you go to sleep at night, all of these things are, you know, highly influential in feeling like your life is truly rich. And so I, I could go on and on about all the different aspects of wealth, but suffice it to say that wealth is so much more than a dollar amount. And money is only, I actually have a nonprofit organization called Share the Wealth Foundation. And our tagline is, wealth is a rainbow, money is a color. I love it. I love it. I love it. it. It puts it in perspective. It puts it in perspective. And and I think each and every one of us, and this is not to say anything negative about celebrities because I absolutely love them, but I think we can all point to, you know, we sit back and say, oh my gosh, I, you know, the celebrities, and we all have at one point in our life have stars in our eyes about a celebrity, whatever. You know, I know right now there's a, the movie, movie out, I think, Rocket Man that my kids are all crazy about. Oh, and I thought this weekend. Yeah. Was it excellent? I, we it haven't really seen was. it yet, but yeah, I, 
I, I really do think if, if nothing else, the music is going to be fantastic. But we know celebrities who have a lot of money, right? And you sit back and, you know, and, and I have a 16-year-old son. So, you know, they sit back and like, mom, you know how much this person is worth or how much that person is worth? And that's great. But sometimes it breaks our heart when we hear about the the depths of the unhappiness in their life where there wasn't wealth, there was just money. There wasn't, there was a deficit in uh, the relationship department. You know, there was a deficit in the physical health, you know, whether it be from uh, habits developed or disease, what have you, but the money is there and the wealth isn't. In fact, I had a friend who uh, passed away and I remember him saying to me, all the money in the world, he traded you know, for having his condition, uh, a cure for his condition. And he said, you know, getting a pay raise is not going to help me. And it really kept, keeps it in perspective that money is, as you said, just a color. All of the wealth is the rainbow. And when we have the rainbow, don't we have color? We got plenty of colors. So it, it tells us where to, where, where to prioritize. I think you used that word earlier where we should prioritize. If we prioritize here, and I wish this was taught in schools, Stu. I wish that we they taught this um, coming up. Where to place this priority, you know? And then this money that we want is, is tied into this wealth. It's tied into. But if we build in the other direction, if we just build the money, we will always have a deficit, wouldn't you say? I I agree with you completely. I agree with you yeah. completely. And, and and you're right. This is good stuff. Uh, the schools, you know, kids growing up, uh, it would be so helpful if they had a deep understanding about the distinctions between wealth and money and, you know, what each serves. And to be cultivating. And by the way, I want to throw one more thing in there and that is and it comes right to the name of your program of everyday peace and that is this notion of security Mm. where security is actually defined in the dictionary one of the the definitions is uh freedom from worry which i interpret as peace of mind Uh, and just being in a peaceful state inner peace. And that really is also attributed. So many people look to money for not only wealth, but also security. That somehow if people have money, then they will feel secure and they will be free from worry. When again, just like wealth, security can't really be bought because again like wealth it's a state of being and that's why i love the title of your program everyday peace because that's really the foundation for us thank you that's the that's the name of my organization 
everyday peace. I, I can't think of any life that would not benefit from that place being in that place. So when you talk about security, and, and, and I love how you just broke that down because I go back and I think about your client who had the jet. And so you think if you have enough money to buy a jet, to purchase a jet, you really got some financial security. But yet here he or she was in this place of uh, low energy, anxious, uh, really lacking security because the focus was on the external instead of cultivating the internal. So the, the more money just brought more anxiety. It brought more malcontent. Because, you know, here you are now, <laughs> you're, you're malcontented over bigger ticket items. You know, it's not a car, it's a jet now. You want the latest and the greatest and you can't figure out how to get it. And you're working your, you know, your body to an early grave because you really want all of this extra stuff. And you'll never have security if you're chasing it on the outside like that. That's right. So, so what we're really coming down to is just being simply clear that whether we're talking about peace and abundance, uh, also known as uh, security and wealth, it's an inside job, and it's a state of being. And that is something that can be cultivated independent of the money in the bank and the money flowing through, and yes, also acknowledging that we all need a certain dollar amount to flow through to have our basic survival needs met. So would you say, okay, well, well, before I ask that question, let me ask you this. What does spirituality have to do with wealth? Someone could say, you know, I have decent relationships with my mom, my dad, my wife, my kids, uh, people on my job. And uh, I think I got the relationship covered I'm taking care of my body. I'm exercising at least, you know, three times a week. Where does spirituality fit into this? I'll speak for myself because I know I get into trouble when I speak for other people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but in speaking for myself, for me, and it, actually it comes down to relationship and it's relationship to self and the true nature of who and what. I am at the core. And yes. I know I have certainty that I am spirit. I am energy. I am loving presence at the core. That is who I am. That is what I am. And with all due respect to everything out there and everyone out there, nobody can take from me what I am in my essence, in my core. Right. And because yeah, for me, that is a wealth, that is a security. And it's truly a blessing to have that as my foundation. It is for each and every person, whether they realize it a lot. I, you know, I spent a number of years, as many of our listeners know, I've been a practicing pharmacist for 29 years now. And for a huge portion of that time, I worked as a consultant in psychiatric type places. And one thing that I can say about the mind and being malcontented is that 
when we are tormented for whatever reason, and we all are tormented by our by our by fear at some point in our life, you know, and we ruminate as you you talked about that earlier, and we do not have a connection with self. We are that that fear comes from something that is really um, hiding us from us. It's like it's it's blanketed our true self, and so cultivating this this awareness with self is so very important because it's, it's in that cultivation that you really get to know you know where your passions are and guess what where your passion is your treasure is also laid up in that passion right and perhaps people are so bogged down with the pursuit of money that they never get the opportunity or take the opportunity that five minutes every hour and a half that you talked about was brilliant to get to know themselves. Stu, you're giving some awesome information here today. And I I am learning a lot and I would love to know how our listeners could connect with you further. How could they follow you and be a part of what you're doing this movement? No, thank you, Drayvon. Yeah. Come one, come all. (laughs) Um, A couple of things. I've got a really wonderful website called onlythesource.com, onlythesource.com, because ultimately only the source of all things exists and exists through all of us, which I do think is one of the core unity principles. On that website, we've got a tab called Courses, and I'm really all about where the rubber hits the road, practicality. I have an online course called Give Yourself a Raise, which is about raising your mood, raising your consciousness, uh, raising your, your energetic presence using scientifically proven and in many cases, longstanding practices that anybody can do, and including breathing, sound, movement, connecting to the sun, connecting to the earth, releasing energy, going into forgiveness, going into appreciation, a lot of different things, pick and choose what works best for you. Very moderately priced. And I've been very blessed to interview this wonderful woman named Dr. Drayvon James. Among oh, you're others. too kind. <laughs> well, it's true. It's true. For, this, for uh, a video series called Reset. Now, we have a library also on onlythesource.com, as well as love for you to subscribe on our YouTube channel. Uh, just search for only the source and all of our videos are there. And we go deeply into pushing a reset button on humanity and asking that signature question for the past being history, what kind of world would you create? What would it look like? What would it feel like? And have a grounded call to action to, you know, to support that at the end, because that's how we can all live in an era together that is so much more loving, inclusive, joyful, and abundant than anything we've had before. I love it. I absolutely love it. And so you, you did ask me the question in your show, and it made me think uh, when after I got off your show in that wonderful time together, we and I, I'll say this is part of my practices in the morning. I didn't call it reset until I talked to you, but we have the opportunity to reset every day, every day, and, and really every five minutes, every two minutes, if you want to. If something, whether you, if you find that you are spending more time building money instead of building wealth, guess what? 
this world that we're sharing together, you own a part of it. You are an owner. You have a deed. You exist here. You can reset your portion. You're, you can reset right now in this moment and build in those areas that will lead to the money. Prioritize those things that Stu talked about, your physical health, your relationship, your appreciation, your security. Prioritize that portion, that part of yourself, and the money will come. You'll find you in that space. This is, what, this is why we gather every Monday so that we can learn how to create our life of peace every day. This is Dr. Drayvon James. We have been blessed today to have Stu Zimmerman with us. Until next time, continue to create a life of everyday peace. I absolutely love you. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.